But while I sat there, the Holy Spirit was like, what if you gave 10% of your day to God? Ooh. And I thought, huh, <laughs> that's interesting. Hello, loves, and welcome to the Iron Wifey Podcast, where we sharpen and encourage one another in Christ. I'm your host, Michaela Robertson, and thank you for joining me for another day, another week, another Sunday, and another opportunity to walk in the Lord's will for our lives. Now, you guys, today's guest is, when I tell you the woman is powerful, she's just powerful. And it's so crazy because I officially met her at Confidence Activated a few weeks back, but I have heard her name and we float in the same circles for years, like years. Everyone is always talking about her. Everyone is always talking about how I need to meet her. Everyone's always like, oh my gosh, you need to connect with her. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Well, I don't know how to get in touch with her. And we just happened to bump into each other at Confidence Activated. And I was just so blessed by her. I am blessed by her obedience. I'm blessed by her story. I'm blessed by her, 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 her desire to really just dive into the word. And on top of that, she's a pastor. So she's really, really dope. So I want to introduce you guys to Courage Melina. Now her official bio, Courage Melina is a faith coach and everyone's favorite Bible teacher. I know that's right. It's no surprise that her life's work is to help ambitious, purpose-driven women build extraordinary faith so that they can have the confidence to go after the life they really want. Courage believes the foundation of becoming your most bold, confident, and courageous self is in the daily habit of studying and applying the word of God to your life. And today, literally, guys, she does that like step by step. She is the lead and founding pastor for Bold Faith Community Church. She preaches and teaches the Bible weekly. Her courageous discipleship programs and membership equip and train women how to get deeper understanding of God's word and love every single minute. Courage is also the author of The Power Principles of Courageous Living and the host of the award-winning podcast, Dose of Courage. Now, without further ado, guys, I am so excited to introduce you guys to Pastor Courage Molina. Welcome to the Iron Wifey Podcast, Courage. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. I'm not going to start screaming. I'm going to just try and start out a little slow. It's going to get there, but I just want to start the people off slow. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl. So I was telling you, I'm in extra hype mode today, so I'm going to bring it down. I'm going to bring it way <laughs> down. But Courage, I am so excited for you to be here. I'm so excited that we got a chance to connect at Confidence Activated because, girl, I heard your name for years and I didn't know who you were. That is so crazy. It was such a blessing to see you and for you to say that you were aware of me, like you knew me, but that gave me such peace going into the conference. It's exactly what I needed to hear. So I'm grateful. Sometimes people are excited to meet you, but it's like we want to downplay our excitement. You were like, oh my gosh, I needed to meet you. I've heard great things about you and I needed to hear that in that moment. So thank oh, you for sharing that. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Courage, I just want to jump right in. Tell the people who you are and what you do, because girl, you, you it, you, you was it, you own it. Okay. Okay. So what's up? It's your girl, Courage Molina. I am a faith coach and pastor. I have the privilege of pastoring Bold Faith Community Church, which is an online global church for women. Um, whether I am pastoring, preaching, teaching, or leading women um, in discipleship, the goal is always to, the same, to help you build extraordinary faith 
so that you can be bolder, more confident and courageous enough to be exactly who God has called you to be, Mm -hmm. to do the things that God has called you to do. And so that you can take possession of every single thing that God has written your name on. Amen. So you got this whole church. This whole, I've got a whole church out here yeah, in these streets. A whole church with a whole congregation. With the whole, like, I don't often use the word congregation, actually. I mean, it's what they are. I think I probably need to start. I'm like, well, my community. But it's way heavier than than community. So, yeah, I have a whole congregation out here. Girl, I am curious. How did this come about? Because I know that you previously wrote a book, um, Power Principles, Courageous yes. Living, How You Overcame Depression and Took Back Your Life. Now, I, I really want you to take us that journey, but like, how did you go from being depressed to pastoring people, like pastor courage? How, yeah. girl, what, how, yeah, it's a, how? It's a whole, it's a whole new day. I'm a whole new person on this side. Like I'm, I'm a whole new person, but you know, the truth is it honestly, it sounds so cliche, but it's just the honest to God truth. It really, the transformation really took place from being in the word when I was, like depressed. I was drinking all the time. My marriage was a mess. And when I say drinking, I don't, I don't want y'all to um, think, I mean like, oh, I was just drinking a little bit. No friends. I was drinking um, SoCo ginger ale and cranberry juice with my breakfast. Um, and I was drinking wine at night to the point where, you know, I was breaking wine glasses because I didn't, I didn't know my own strength, just trying to put the wine glass down. I had wine spilled in the bed. I was so committed to my drinking that I got a sippy cup from Walmart. I said what I said. I'm a problem solver. You understand? Got a sippy cup from Walmart. And and it wasn't like, oh, this is how you know it's bad, right? Because all of those things didn't lead me to say like, oh, I have a problem. Maybe I should take a step back and consider some of my behaviors because I wasn't always that way. No, I was like, how can I continue on with this destructive behavior? Oh, let me get a sippy cup so that I can drink. And if I fall asleep in bed or whatever, it's not going to spill. It's not going to break. I'm not going to have glass. Um, just, Just craziness, right? The thing that pushed me over the edge really from that was my cousin getting sick. Now, I feel like when you go through life, there are things that you experience. And depending on just how equipped you are, those things can change you and change how you view yourself, or you are equipped to deal with them and address them accordingly, knowing that who you are never changes. But at that time, I didn't have those skills. I didn't, I wasn't equipped with that. So everything that went wrong in my life, um, I was pregnant really young. I had three kids before I was 21. And my husband and I, we were teen parents. And we just didn't know anything about being in a relationship. So when that relationship was volatile, every mean and nasty thing we said to each other, I don't know about him, but for me, everything he ever said to me stuck to me. Um, And I began to see myself as a girl who just was, you know, making babies and trapping this man because he had very um, strong family values. Like his parents had been married for forever and he had these very strong family values. And so it was like, he's going to stick around because I have these kids. Like you basically trapped him. He doesn't really want to be with you. Um, He cheated twice during our marriage, which confirmed again, like he doesn't really want to be with you. He's just stuck and he won't let himself out. And how pathetic is it that you want him to stay or that you want to be with him? All of these things go in your head. Everything that happens to you, you see that as a reflection of who you are and sometimes an indicator of what you deserve. So I was already in that space and had been for years. Then a very close relative, my cousin was diagnosed with cancer 
And we prayed about that. I fasted about that. And I watched him over a year from age 33 to 34. I watched him lose that fight and I just could not understand it. Now, I understood enough to know that maybe I could not be counted as righteous as an individual because um, I threw a lot of punches and I cursed. I just, like I lived a life where I could see where God might not answer my prayers. That's how I saw it at the time. And so, um, so I got that, but I still thought like, was there no one in his entire life who loved and prayed for him? Was there not one righteous person counted among us? Could there not be one found where you could have honored that prayer? And so when my cousin passed, that, that didn't change me thinking that God existed. I just felt like he doesn't care. Like you just do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it. You actually do not care about me. So I'm not even sure why I'm bothering. And God not caring about me, like was more evidence that I was unworthy of love, right? I already felt that way about myself. I felt that way about my husband. And now here, God, this great, wonderful God, he didn't even care enough about me to do something that was easy for him. Like, this is mm -hmm. easy, bro. You are the one who mm -hmm. said, let there be light, sir. Like, literally, all you had to do was speak a word. You didn't have to lift a finger. You didn't have to come down. You didn't have to, you could have sent a word and you didn't care enough about me to send a word. Like, that level of in depth of feeling unworthy was more than I could bear. Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine that things would ever get better. And so I started to, you start to feel like, this could be my life for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. That is a lot, man. Do you know how many days there are? And your days are long and depression is heavy. I don't know if you've ever dealt with depression, but it is like physically exhausting just mm -hmm. to get up and go through the day. It is physically exhausting. It is like this heavy blanket. And the idea that you could have, like you could live this way for the rest of your life. I was in my 30s at the time. I'm like another 60 years of 365 days times Jeez. 24 hours, I, uh, that's too much. It just becomes overwhelming. And so I started to think about suicide and, you know, people have a lot of thoughts about, you know, people who die by suicide, mm -hmm. but it's not, from my experience, the thought about doing it, it wasn't an act of selfishness. It was like the only thing I could give my family was to rid I think I'm going to cry now, right? It was like, it's the only thing I could give my family was to free them of the burden that was me because I couldn't see myself getting any better. Um, I couldn't see my life being better. It was just like I was in, inherently wrong. And so therefore my presence, my very life was a burden to the people I love the most. And so... It's like, it's not only giving you peace because it seems like it's so much, it's also doing your family and your friends a solid. When you, like, I think we don't really have a real understanding of mental health. We sometimes want people to reason and have this logic that they are, they literally cannot have. It is beyond their capability. It's like trying to will the blind to see, literally cannot see through this darkness. I don't have the ability to do so. And so it got to a place where, you know, I thought my life, the life of my kids would be better if I just ended my life. And I had, you know, three school age kids. I certainly felt like my husband would be better. And my prayer was that my kids wouldn't find me. 
and that my husband would heal and find the type of love that I felt like he deserved, you know? So I left the house one day, the apartment. I left my keys and my ID. I was like, this is it. Like, I literally cannot do this another day. Middle of the day, middle of the week. And so my plan, I was going to go and find traffic to walk into. But I want to make sure that the speed is high enough, that they don't have time to break, that I can maybe die on impact. Like, I want to make sure I can get this right, right? And um, I'm in this parking lot. I'm in not the parking lot of my apartment complex. Like, I walked away. I'm in this parking lot sitting, sitting down in the parking lot. And then I see this car that is moving very fast. And I thought, oh, like, okay, well, she it don't look like she can see me sitting down here. So maybe she's just going to hit me. I didn't even move. But she, like, swerved around me. She hops out the car and it is my friend, Olivia. And when I see her face, I'm so shocked. Like, I'm confused. I didn't leave a note. I didn't leave anything. I didn't tell anybody. So I don't understand how Olivia is in this random parking lot in the middle of the day, in the middle of the week. Like, what are you doing? And that's what I said. Like, I'm no longer thinking about, I'm like, what are you doing? What are, like, how are you here? What are you doing here? And she was like, well, <laughs> our friend, our, her cousin, my best friend called her and was like, you need to go find her. I'm like, why did she tell you that? Cause I didn't talk to her. She was like, well, she talked to you yesterday. I was like, yeah, but I didn't say nothing yesterday. She was like, well, she kept saying, I got a feeling. I got a feeling you need to go find her. She was like, and she kept calling me at work. She's like, so I left my job and she was a manager at Chick-fil-A at the time. She's like, during the lunch rush, I put my jacket on, I left my job and I came to find you. And I'm like, how did you find me though? This is like before GPS, I'm not sharing my location. How did you find me? She's like, I don't know how I found you. You know, she's she's not she's not talking to me nice and sweet, by the way. Okay. She's like, she's just like yelling. She's yanking me up off the ground, like getting this car, shoving me in the car. She was like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? And I kept saying, but how did you find me? Like, how did you know that I was here? I just was so confused. And so she drove me to her house. And while I was crying, I was thinking, huh, this is like the stories that you hear, right? And I thought, so you sent her for me, right? Like, I thought that. So you sent her for me. And I'm like, but for what though? Like, that's never, I'm still never going to be happy. Like, I can't imagine that the sun is going to shine again. My cousin wasn't just my cousin. He was like my brother. Like, we were close. We were only two years apart. We were close from the time we were kids until he was sick. I have no regrets about my relationship with him. There were no times, no moments. There was none of that. And we fought. We fought all the time. But that did not mean nothing. I told him he was getting on my nerves. He was so aggravating. God rest his soul. So aggravating. Dear God, I used to have to lock my door to keep him out because he would come to the house every day. I'd be like, you don't have to come see me every day. You do know that, right? You can take a break. You got other cousins. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I just couldn't imagine that the sun was going to shine again. Like, how am I going to find happiness in this space in a world where Toucan will never be here again? That will never change. I just didn't see what God's point was of saving my life. Like, for what? You did this. So now what we about to do? What I'm about to do with this little sad life I got. When you are depressed like that for a long time, and I had been for a long time, even though I didn't know it, um, people just want you to go back to being happy. It's not that they are not... They're, they want to understand. They're trying to understand but it's from a place of love that they want 
you to be better not just for them but for you they don't like they don't want you to be dealing with what you're dealing with right Mm -hmm. and so you just kind of fake it you know you just go like you just start going through the motions because it's the least you can do for them is to pretend like you're okay so I just started going through the motions um I just put suicide on a pause I wasn't like oh I'm definitely gonna live I'm just like just gave me a second to think a little bit more her being there you know Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm back into the swing of just like pretending like things are cool not really feeling God like that like we're not really people still like I ain't really fooling with him because you could have like I mentioned saved my cousin's life and you didn't Mm -hmm. so I got like a whole loyalty thing like you're not that loyal like these old church folks be saying bruh because my cousin is in the ground so we I'm good fam like I know you you know what I'm saying but we just not people you know um but eventually it's like okay what does my regular life look like well it looks like going to church so I started going to this church and working at the school there's this lady there that wants to invite me to her church okay I want to go to her church she goes to elevation nothing against elevation but I'm from a small town and I went to a small black church coming up and elevation ain't small and it ain't black so I'm just I don't know what kind of music I know I ain't got no quiet in it I, I cannot <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I'm just mm-hmm. I mean I'm just not interested you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. she just will not leave me alone my pastor here uh, the church I was going to, he goes on a sabbatical. So we have all these guest preachers. And so she's asked me to come. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to go. So I get there. I'm annoyed in the parking lot, friend. In the parking lot, I'm annoyed because they are smiling. I <laughs> nothing. This ain't nothing to smile about out here in these streets. There's a long line. I'm from Florida originally. And I still to this day, I feel like the only place that should have a line this long is Disney World. If you're not <laughs> Disney World, why? Why? This mm-hmm. line is for what then? Are y'all Disney? Are y'all not? So why y'all got this line? Right? And that's how I felt. There was a line outside the building. We go inside and this pastor, is he preaches using a scripture I used the entire time my cousin was sick. It was a scripture that I held on to. Um, this illness will not be unto death. Mm. And that's what I kept saying. You know, I know that the, I know what this looks like, but this illness will not be unto death. You will get this. You will get the glory in this. You will save him. All of these things. You keep telling me this is the word you gave me. You keep saying that this illness will not be unto death. And so I use that scripture. I prayed that scripture fast, like all the things. So now this is the scripture this man is using. So I'm annoyed again. I'm like, here we go with this. And he says, um, sometimes this life with God can be disappointing. And he didn't say anything else. He just stood there. And I was like, amen, out loud. Nobody else is amening that. But I'm like, you right. Oh, what you said is right. Because your girl is disappointed in this seat. You are absolutely right. He's like, this life with Christ can be disappointing. And God is good. Sometimes they do die. And God is good. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the marriage ends. And God is good. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time I had considered that things could be, that I could be going through hell and God could be good at the same time. It's there that I realized that everything I believed about God or thought about God was not my own. It was all borrowed. It was all handed down to me from people I knew and loved and from pastors and through sermons. But I, Courage Molina, had never actually studied it or gotten to know God for myself to 
to figure out what he's really like and who he really is. Mm -hmm. It was just like, he's got a great campaign for the most part. When you go to church, you know, he's got marketing campaign. People got branding. This is what the Lord is. This is how the Lord is. And I just kind of, you know, the messaging is very similar in most places. And so that's what I knew. I didn't know him for myself in that way. And so I thought, hmm. So I have previously had a faith that said, God is good if things are good. Mm. And if things are not good, then God is not good, right? And I wondered, is that inaccurate, you know, stance to have? Like, is does that stance make sense mm-hmm. uh, for me to judge him by the situation? And that just was, it was just a very curious thing. I wasn't committed to anything. It was just like, huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I continued to go to Elevation Church. And I stayed at Elevation Church for years and years. And um, the way Pastor Stephen preaches is a way that I hadn't heard up until that point. You know, I wasn't watching sermons online. I didn't know about all these other great pastors. I was just from a small church, like I said, like small town, small mm-hmm. church. That's what I knew. And when I moved to Charlotte, the church that I went to, it was a big church. But the preaching was like the small church, but the gospel choir was better. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's still that same <laughs> type of thing, you know? Yep. And um, this was the first time where somebody was preaching the word of God that I was exposed to that I thought like, he seems like he knows a lot. I never thought that about anybody else. And it's not that I thought they didn't know a lot. I just never had that thought process. But listening to him preach, I'm like, he seems like he probably makes good decisions. You know what I mean? He probably has a good life. And I thought, how does he know all this stuff? Do they teach him this in seminary? Like, how does, where did this come from? I was just very curious. And so I was in church every Sunday. Well, then he preaches this sermon on tithing, tithing 10% first fruits. He said, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about your time, your talent. Are you, it was like a big volunteer push. So it was perfect, right? So they want people to volunteer. You can give your time. But while I sat there, the Holy Spirit was like, what if you gave 10% of your day to God? Oh, and I thought, huh, <laughs> that's interesting. That's very interesting. Isn't it? interesting especially for a woman who wanted to give up her life right it makes Mm -hmm. sense like I was ready to give up every set of 24 hours for as many as there might have been for me so if you understand the principle of tithing or the principle of first fruits bringing 10% of your income into the house of God for the things of God to take care of God and God's people and the people who take care of the holy things. And then God's promise is that if you test me in this, see, won't I pour you out a blessing? There won't be room enough to store. Now there's a lot of uh, thoughts about whether or not that is dollar for dollar. I believe it's financial, right? Because I'm not even going to go down that road. Most people do. Most people believe it's just strictly financial. Not strictly, but includes. Yes. Because he's a systemic God. He's a God of systems, right? The system of sowing and reaping. That's a system. It means mm-hmm. any seed, not just good seeds. Good seeds, bad seeds, seeds of time, seeds of love, seeds of grace, seeds of bitterness. If I plant those seeds, then I'm going to have fruit that's going to come from those seeds and I have to eat that. And so I believe that, okay, I wonder what it would look like if I apply this system of tithing. Um not just to my money, but to my time. Mm -hmm. What would a blessing like that look like? What would the fruit of that look like? You would pour me out a blessing. There wouldn't be room enough to store. Does that mean I would have more days? Does that mean that my days would be different? My days would be better. I just didn't know what that would look like, Mm -hmm. but I thought like, huh, that's an interesting Mm -hmm. thing, right? But uh, 10% of your day is 2.4 hours, which is two hours and 24 minutes. And I was like, yeah, no. 
I'm not doing that. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Who got two hours and 24 minutes to be studying a Bible? I was a teacher. I was a classroom teacher. I had three children. I was mm -hmm. married. Ain't nobody, and I was working part-time at the wedding mall. And I tutored during the, like, ain't nobody got time for no two hours and 24 minutes. And if I was like, you doing the most, sir. Mm -hmm. And I mean, honest. Listen. You ain't got two hours for me. No, I ain't got it. I'm trying to say, I who got ma'am? No, I got TV. I got, I got a brunch to go to. <laughs> you know, I got all these things, and so I just initially I thought he's like you tripping, you tripping. I asked you for a little bit of easy thing, and you didn't do that, and now you want like, sir, that's a lot. But I started small, fifteen minutes, thirty minutes, and I just started in Genesis because I didn't know anything. I didn't know any better. Um. And I eventually increased my time until I got to what I refer to as my 224. I got to two, two hours and 24 minutes in the word. And that changed me. Mm. That changed me. That completely changed everything. It changed everything. It changed how I saw the world. It brought me out of depression. It gave me the capacity to love my husband differently. It gave me a faith that would pray for different things that would show up, that realized that God had greater things for me. Like it completely changed everything and it was from that place of boldness and confidence and courage that I was able to even start on the journey that led me to pastoring and coaching right it was through that 224 which is why it's always the thing I'm talking about it's why I'm always talking about studying your bible um because I don't know a lot of church stuff if I'm honest, like there are, I go to these church things. I don't know what these people are talking about. I don't know. I don't know about epistle, apostle. Mm -hmm. We're going to have this ordination. Like there are so many things I don't know. I don't know any of those things. But from 2000 and say 12, 2013, I started spending 10% of my time in the word, that word I know. And it's that relationship with God that changed me. It's how I live my life. The standard um my values right like it just changed everything and I just I never had that type of confidence even though I was a girl that went to church hmm. I never had the level of faith that I have even though I was a girl that was in church on Sunday Sunday faith is not enough when somebody you love dies that Sunday faith is not gonna be there for you child you're gonna crumble and fall when your marriage takes a hit that Sunday faith is not enough to sustain you because it's not yours it's borrowed which is cool hmm. It's cool to have borrowed faith. It's cool to have something that was hand delivered to you. It's third party. It's highly processed. But the things that get you through, the type of faith that gets you through a difficult time is really like, if you think about farm to table fresh, mm -hmm. you in the seed, you in the garden, you in the ground, you serve it, you pull it, you harvest, you eat it. That type of faith is the faith that will sustain you. That's the type of faith that gives you peace beyond all understanding. It's not just like I went to church on Sunday and I'm praying and worshiping. I love prayer and worship, but I'm going to say this. There is no substitute for studying the word of God. Zero substitute. There isn't anything that you can do like, oh, I'm going to switch this out. Nope. You do need to pray. There's no substitution for prayer. There's no substitution for worship. And there is no substitution for studying the word of God. None. So that's really how I got to a place where I thought I might even be able to say yes to this call. I mean, I didn't say yes straight away, but that's how I got here. I mean...
Hey there, Storyteller. I just want to interrupt this episode really quick to let you know that Faith Audio Network is now open. Faith Audio Network is our community for storytellers like you, storytellers who listen to podcasts like this, storytellers who know they have a voice and they know that God has given them a powerful gift to be able to go out and speak for him, to give him glory. So if you know that you are interested in joining a community that is going to hold you accountable, that is going to pray with you, that is going to intercede on your behalf, and that's going to sharpen your faith, this is the community for you. To learn more and to register, please visit faithaudionetwork.com. That's faithaudionetwork.com. Girl, and you are (laughs) here. Like, you are legit here. There is, Lord, there is so much to unpack in what you just said. But I want to start first by saying thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being so transparent. Thank you for opening my mind to some thought patterns that I had closed myself out to because I know you know my story, but my father also took his life by suicide and he had suffered from depression and I've never had depression before. So I was that person that was just like, you don't sing anymore. Why don't you sing anymore? You know, why why can't you just be happy? Why is every time I call you, you're like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm making it. Like, why why can't it be a great day instead of yeah. or or a good day? You know, every day is just like, oh, I'm a, I'm all right. I'm making it. You know, for years, and so I never, I never opened my mind to think that someone could be in such a dark place to where it's not about leaving their family behind. It's more about finding peace by removing themselves. I'd never, I never considered that. And as you were speaking, I know you were telling your story, but you know, my mind was going to all the places. It it was going to all the places. Um, And so I just want to, I want to thank you for being born. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being born. I want to thank you for being here. Shout out to Olivia. Praise the Lord for using Olivia in the way that she did. And Stephen Furtick for even preaching that same word. Like it was so divine that you were supposed to be there. And just the fact that you were, I'm able to sit here with you today. Like, girl, I love you. I just, I love you so much. And I just want to thank you for just being born. Thank you for being born. I received that. And you I would like to say you're welcome, but I feel like, you know, I didn't really do that. But I'm, I, I'll say, I'll say you're welcome on behalf of Joyce. That's yeah, my mama. That okay? works. That works. <laughs> yeah, oh that's a hard gosh. place. Yes, but like, thank you. Thank you so much. Like, I, I, I already know that I need to go back and listen to your story because I know that there's some things that I need to journal and pluck out and tear down and root up and cast out when it comes to just how my mind processes that situation. Yes. Um, I have healed. I'm still healing, but I just, I appreciate, I appreciate you. And I'm just so grateful for your 224 and girl, 10% of your day, 10% of your day. We, it, it, it sounds like a lot, but I easily get lost in Netflix for about 50% of my day. So it's so crazy that the Lord led you to just 10%, 10% of your time with him. And that 224, yeah. two hours and 24 minutes, that being all that it takes, that is a game changer. Oh, it that, is. That is a game changer. Oh, baby. You get equipped in a different way with that amount of time. With that type of time in, I mean, come on. 
Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because when I think about like my life, I remember studying for my real estate exam and I only had two weeks. And I remember the Holy Spirit telling me it only took it. It was only supposed to take two weeks for the Israelites to get to the promised land. So you can do it in this two weeks. And I remember I said, I'm going to study for two hours in the morning and two hours in the evening. And for two weeks straight, that's what I did. In those two hours, I was able to retain information, pass the test, first try, all these things. And I'm like, why can't we do that same thing with the Lord? Yeah. That two hours, just 224. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. (laughs) That's good. Y'all better take, I want y'all to take all of this and I want you to process all of this because pastor is over here preaching. For real. So, okay. So Courage, you founded Bold Faith Church. Um, You told us your story. You told us how you came from depression to deliverance. And I am curious what it means to have bold faith. Because when you think about faith, most people are thinking, you know, faith the size of a mustard seed. But you're saying have bold faith. What does bold faith look like? How do we have bold faith? How can we even, how can we transfer that mustard seed faith into bold faith? Girl, how are we, how are we supposed to be bold out here? This is the thing, right? Um, mustard seed faith, if you think about it, has to be a bold faith. It requires boldness. But I think that, we don't really, you know, most people don't think about like the words from the Bible. They don't really think about that. Right. So just, let's just take that thing. Mustard seed. If you have the faith, the size of a mustard seed, then you can look at a mountain and tell it to move and it will move. Mm -hmm. Now, what would you call a person? How would you describe a person? I don't know if you've ever seen the mountains. Oh, you're in California, right? Have you ever been to, if you've ever seen a mountain, if, if you been at the bottom of a mountain, what it would take for a person to walk up to that mountain and need to get to the other side. And instead of saying, okay, we're going to climb it. It's going to take 14 days, 30 days, 70 days Mm -hmm. to climb it for that person to say, no, no, we don't need any climbing gear. I'm going to just tell the mountain to move out my way. Right. Mm, And then they told the mountain and the mountain did it. I would think that that person was bold I would think that that person had a ton of confidence. I would think if they did it in front of other people, it took some courage because what if it didn't work? Mm-hmm. That's what we think about our faith. If God is telling me to do something, what if I do it and it doesn't work? What are people going to say, right? It takes some courage to say, I'm going to do this thing anyway. And so for me, I just want people to start understanding that faith, the side of a mustard seed is bold faith. It requires a boldness. It requires a level of confidence. It requires that you are courageous. It's not just this tiny little seed that you have. People think they have it and that's cool. But if you're not moving mountains in your life, then you don't have faith the size of a mustard seed. And I'm not saying that. I'm telling you what the Lord said. The word Mm -hmm. says, if you have this. So then the understanding of that statement is that if the mountain doesn't move, right? Mm Mm-hmm then that sometimes speaks to the faith that I have, Mm. right? And sometimes the thing that needs to be moved, right? And so this is just an example that God is using when he's talking about what the, you know, kingdom of God is like and what faith is like, right? He wants them to understand that the thing that will move and change in your life is something that is seemingly impossible, something that is seemingly um, immovable, right? So that is an illustration that he's using. And so if we start to think about the things that, seem like they will never change seems like it may never work out do I have the faith to speak to those things Mm -hmm. and move accordingly because the bible also tells us that faith without works is dead Mm -hmm. so 
I actually, before I, the name of the church is, was changed to Bold Faith Community Church, right? And okay. initially, when we first started, it was Dose of Courage Community. And it was because it was just a community. It wasn't a church. It was just a community. That's it. But I created this Bible study method called the Bold Method. It's just, um, it's a devotional Bible study method. Devotional okay. implies that it's just like one little verse at a time and you can do it in short time. Maybe not five minutes, but you can do it in shorter time than two hours two, and 24 minutes, two right? Minute, it doesn't take two that. Mi- two minutes and 24 seconds. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and BOLD is an acronym um, that helps them to, you know, dive in verse by verse and build their faith. And that is what I use. At, that's what I, that's how I teach. That is how I preach. That is okay. what I use. Um, and our church is set up, you know, it's a little different. Um, in the sense that the expectation for the congregation is that they are studying through the week what I will be teaching or what I've recently taught. Um, so they know what I'm teaching. So I'm teaching the miracles of Jesus right now. And so all the miracles that I plan to teach from or teach a word from when they get the Bible study God, it gives them all of that so they can use that, right? Um, if I'm doing a book, I'm doing an entire book. They know I'm going to do the book of John. And so now every single day for the first week, right, they're reading chapter one over and over but then there are verses key verses that they pull out and they use the bold method with right and so i think that it's impossible to have faith that will move a mountain if it is not rooted in rightly interpreting the word of god just because you say what the word says if you're saying what the word says and you're misapplying the meaning that has no power because god is not bound to your interpretation of the word god's power is attached to the right interpretation of the word um and it's not he's not giving you a revelation so that you can have a revelation he's giving you a revelation so that you can have application right Mm -hmm. and i think that is the recipe for bold faith it starts with studying the word rightly interpreting the word so I can rightly apply it and then doing what it says. When you do what it says, that's the type of thing that bears fruit. And that makes you what? Bolder. When I hear a word from God and he tells me to do something and I do it and it turns out, well, I'm like, this thing actually works. That's very interesting. (laughs) Right. And then it makes you bolder. Mm -hmm. Right. It makes you, when you hear another word, you're like, I don't care that it sounds crazy. The Lord said it. I have confidence that this is what he wants me to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do it. Um, So yeah, that's, that is what I think bold faith is. Bold faith is faith that moves something, but it is grounded and rooted in the actual word from God in the word of God. Um, apply it to you know whatever area of your life you know amen. you're trying to do something in amen is bold an acronym for something can you walk it through is. this bold method yes so bold is an acronym um so b is bear witness to what the scripture says so you have a scripture verse whatever the verse is and so now you're just going to bear witness this means it's not what you think happened it's not your thoughts about what happened you are literally witness to a crime who said what to who, what happened, when it happened, what they did, did, right? Like that's literally it. I'm just going to be a witness. I'm just bearing witness to what the scripture says. Jesus is talking to the disciples. He told them this, right? Um, And then O is observation. What observations can you make in the scripture? Um, What did they learn? This is not about you. 
what did they learn because you weren't there they wasn't talking mm-hmm. to Michaela they wasn't talking to Courage mm-hmm. they didn't know us Paul mm-hmm. was talking to his homeboys mm-hmm. he wasn't talking to us right and so what could you observe in that scene oh well they did this they did that right this is more uh this is where the interpretation starts okay um this is a great place to say what it says and what it doesn't say sometimes observation is not just what can be seen but what is not seen oh it means this but it doesn't mean this it's not saying this right Mm -hmm. and then l is lessons learned lessons learned about god lessons learned about people in general and life Mm -hmm. and then d what does god want me to do with this Mm -hmm. and what am i declaring by faith so he wants me to do something he wants me to do this thing and this is where we get real actionable in our bold faith community church like please do not tell me that god wants you to trust him that's cute that does not go on your calendar though so trusting god Mm -hmm. looks like what getting a budget getting therapy tithing like what trusting god looks like what to you taking the job quitting the job moving i want you to put that on there because he's not just telling you to trust him he's telling you to trust him specifically in some area he wants you to do something what is it he wants you to do how and when will you take those steps i love that bear witness observation l was it was what was l lessons learned lessons learned and then do what are you going to do yep oh girl that's good and I can even I can already see like the impact of implementing that with 224 I can already see the impact like you talk about true confidence in Christ like that right there that's bold on a whole nother level different level Oh my gosh. Okay. Courage. I could sit here and talk to you all day long, (laughs) all day long. I really could. Um, but where can people find you? Where can people learn about Bold Faith Community Church? Where can they connect with you? Tell the people where you like to play. I love to be on Instagram at Courage Molina, but if you're on Facebook, I'm at Courage Molina, M-O-L-I-N-A. And if you'd like to get a free copy of like, just like your first little bold method journal, you can go to couragemolina.org and download your copy today for free. I love it. Courage, thank you so much for your time, for sharing your story, for helping us become more bold when it comes to our confidence, when it comes to our relationship with Christ. Um, Before I let you go, I have three questions that I like to end each interview with. And you can just tell me uh, the first thing that comes to mind. Sound good to you? Okay. I feel like you probably sent that to me and I wish I had looked at it, but go ahead. <laughs> I, here's the thing. I did not. Okay. okay I okay. just wanted to be the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. Three simple questions. Uh, number one, what does it mean to you to be about your father's business? Wow. To do the thing he's created me to do without apology or hesitation. Ooh, that's good. I love it. Uh, question number two, and a little backstory. I've been on this gratitude journey. And so I am finding something to be grateful for every single day. And so in this season of your life, what are you grateful for, Courage? Oh, wow. In this season of my life, I am grateful um, for Olivia. 
Um, I love Olivia, but in this season of my life, I'm grateful for Olivia because there's a transition happening um, with me and the things that I do and the like some of the things that I offer. And so I really, I could not do this work. I could not equip women. That bold faith journal y'all are going to see that y'all are going to love, Olivia created that, right? Oh. If it were for me, it would look like duct tape, okay, friends, and staples. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so grateful for Olivia because when God calls me to transition and move, she is like ready. And this is a season where she is doing so much, so much, so much for, for me and for bold faith. She's doing all the things. I'm so grateful for her. Amen. Shout out to you, Olivia. Shout out yes. to you. Yeah. Okay. And the very last question, you are here on the Iron Wifey podcast and we are derived from Proverbs 27, 17, which states that as iron sharpens iron, one friend sharpens another. And so my question to you, Courage, seeing that our motto is as iron sharpens iron, one woman sharpens another. How are you sharpening the women in your life? I am sharpening the women in my life by always challenging them to um, seek counsel from God first. That's my favorite thing to say. Okay, girl, what did, but what did, what is God telling you in this season? They're like, I don't know. Haven't talked to him. I'm like, okay, well, call me back and tell me what he say. Then I could give you my two cents, child. That's how I'm sharpening my women. Like, what did God say first? Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Courage. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your honesty. Thank you just, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so much. And I am just so grateful that we got a chance to sit and chat. All right, guys, wasn't that powerful? Wasn't that powerful? Just think, if you gave God 10% of your time, 10%, what would that look like? I mean, Courage already broke it down for us, two hours and 24 minutes. But what would that actually physically look like for you? 10% of each and every day. If you were to tithe your day, think about that. Like when she walked us through those principles and she walked us through the bold method and she told her story, um, I was just blown away. I know that the Lord was doing something in me. And I know that there's a lot of things that I need to go back and read and study when it comes to implementing that bold method to my faith journey. But just, just think two hours and 24 minutes. My God, that is so powerful. All right, loves. Well, thank you guys for joining me. Please make sure that you go and follow Courage, that you become a member of the Bold Faith community. Like she's doing amazing things for the kingdom. And I'm just so grateful that we did get an opportunity to connect when we did. Um, And thank you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us for this Confidence in Christ series. Thank you for just allowing yourself to trust in the Lord with all your heart, to lean not on your own understanding and to find and root your confidence in Christ. Until next episode, I'm your host, Michaela Robertson, and I will talk to you guys in on another Sunday, on another Sunday, y'all, on another Sunday. Until then, love you guys. Bye.